Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tea Podcast. Kieran Marsh, Nathan Drudy with you for another episode of Fun One. Drewster, coming this week, we did preface it at the end of our episode last week that would be doing something a little bit different. We are, of course, well and truly into the summer of cricket. We've seen some international one-day internationals and T20 internationals. We have, of course, just seen the beginning of the Big Bash League, one of the most popular things that happen across any summer. And we are just days away, Dredster, from the start of the highly anticipated test match series against India, kicking off at the Adelaide Oval, where they've never done any good, obviously. Uh, But we thought, given that we are uh, at the beginning of the cricketing summer, and this is a golf podcast, why not marry the two? Walk us through what we're going to do tonight. So essentially, uh, we've identified a number of tendencies within each of uh, within some golfers. Uh, well, the idea first came about when we said that uh, I think we said Justin Thomas would play on the half forward flank um, for a footy team. So we, we've morphed that into cricketers, uh, and we are now going to name our first eleven and a twelfth man. Plus, you're going to name a few extras mm. um, for. I mean, look, how have you selected? I think we should probably preface this. How have you selected it? Because my eleven, I think, is very park. Grade cricket, I think. Oh, okay. I think I've gone. I've gone a little bit more. Like this team, probably not lining up in a test match. I would suggest. Right. So interesting. Well, we've approached it entirely differently then, which is great. I've picked it potentially to beat the Indians <laughs> uh, starting Thursday at the Adelaide Oval. To be fair, uh, okay. I have looked at players. It's difficult to describe. Like I, I think it's probably tendencies in their golf game that I see that I think would translate well uh, on the assumption that they just picked up a batter, a ball uh, or keeping gloves for that matter. And are world-class cricketers. There's just some tendencies I see in the game that I think translate well to where I've placed them in the order in terms of their discipline would be how best I would describe how I've put this team together. I'm, I'm similar in vain, but I've probably just looked at it more from a grade cricketer level. um, It's village by the sounds of it, which is excellent. I'm now I'm, genuinely looking forward to doing your team. Not that I wasn't before, but that's an extra element that I've added on. (laughs) All right. So you you've you've taken things a little bit further as you normally do. You've picked a touring squad, uh, essentially. So you've picked a head coach, an assistant coach, and a team manager. Is that correct? I have. And and as I said, I've I've picked a a group that I would would comfortably take to the Adelaide Oval starting this week. Uh, So I wanted to ensure that not only did I have the depth in the squad to last the summer, a hot summer here in Australia. So I've picked actually a squad of 16, uh, but I'll go through my starting 11. Uh, I also also put the support staff around them. So I have a coach, an assistant coach, and a team manager. I'm going to start off with the coaches. Please. To be honest, Rudes, this was, this was six in one, half a dozen in the other. Okay. To be honest, it was incredibly tough to split these two. And I think either would be appropriate in either job. But ultimately, I went with my heart. I probably went with a little bit of recency bias. Uh, and my coach is Ernie Els. Okay, love it. Uh, obviously, after his outstanding performance in captaining the International President's Cup side. And what I would say, just before I tell you my assistant coach, the only thing that probably got him over the assistant coach 
was my judgment on the performance of a captain to get the internationals that close to the Americans. Hmm. Agree. He was phenomenal. <laughs> so his assistant for this fake uh, cricketing test series is the former uh, player and former captain of the European Ryder Cup team, the Miracle at Madonna, Jose Maria Olofabel. <laughs> I mean, just based off that, I mean, isn't that, aren't they just two blokes that you just love to be a fly on the wall with mm. and have, and just listen to some of the conversations between those two, I reckon would be phenomenal. So you've got, you've got two great leaders there to, to kick things off. I'm already on board. And I think it was important for me, in my mind, you've got two types of coaches. You've got the structured, disciplined, process-driven, like really hard-nosed coach, or you've got that more um, players coach, um, coach with heart. You, 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 your players will run through a plane of glass for you type coach. Mm. And I think I need the second type of coach, and I think both of those guys are that, are that guy. You know, they are that guy that I've been there, I've put the runs on the board, I know what it means to play for this team, and uh, you guys are going to walk through fire for me. And that's that's exactly what I wanted in my coaches. I'm really happy with Els and Olafarbel as my coaching team. I went a little bit different through to the manager. You know, okay. I thought that the manager probably needed to – really, this is a morale role for me. The manager, I know, is probably in, t- in charge of a lot of logistics, and based on this, the team – might be a little bit late and might be a room or two short in the hotel booking because I'm not entirely sure this person's great on the day-to-day process. But shit, the team will be in a good mood. And it was all about morale for me. Who's that guy that can have a laugh, who can keep the mood upbeat, particularly when things aren't going away. Maybe you have a bad session, you come back into the change rooms, this is the person you fall back on. So my manager is Ian Poulter. Excellent manager. Excellent manager. I mean, look... The only trouble with having Ian Poulter is that your team might not get to Adelaide for round 100%. one. I don't think they will. I think they'll be, they'll, that, to be fair, they'll be in South Australia, but I think they'll be stuck in the Barossa. Yeah, and between him and Ernie, I mean, like if you're flying on Ernie's plane, which we know is fueled by Heineken, I mean, Jesus, you could have a, uh, it could be could be an interesting first test. Might turn up at lunch on day one in Adelaide <laughs> with Poulter as the manager. But yeah, as I said, the boys will be in a great mood. You absolutely could. All right, that's you coaching staff. Hit us. All right, tell us your opening bats. Well, I thought uh, let, let's pass it on to you. I've been doing okay. a lot of talking, okay. and I've named the coaches. So let's let's go with you. Let's go your opening pairing. All right. So I've gone back to a little bit of. I thought, well, how do I want a opening partnership to uh, to to sort of be formed? And I thought about to probably the greatest opening pair that I can remember of my generation. Remembering, I'm not that old. I'm only 26. But the glory days of Australian cricket, Matthew Hayden, his, the, the Lord and Saviour, Matthew, and the little man, Justin Langer. So I've formed a partnership that is somewhat similar to that. So I've gone with the opening uh, batsman at number one, face the first pill, John Rahm. Uh, John Rahm, very Matthew Hayden-esque with a big hitting game, uh, won't be taking any quick singles, uh, and he's an angry man that you just do not want to get pissed off. Mm. Uh, down the other end so uh loves a short ball i'd suggest um and uh yeah he, he's the man doing all the scoring at the other end love that is is a bloke that just has every shot in the bag very very patient opener with uh ram doing a lot of the scoring down the other end but will go on and make hundreds and that's xander shawfly 
uh, he'll just nudge them around, work and work and work, and uh, he will be playing those beautiful cover drives. Very, very eloquent player, uh, and they'll be putting a lot of runs on the board. So uh, Ram and Shaw Flay as my opening pair. Do you know what I think is going to be fantastic as we work our way through this is the different interpretations of different <laughs> players because both John Rahm and Xander Schauffele feature in my team yes. in very different roles. Yeah, and I think great. Yeah, this is going to be one of the entertaining things about this process, I think, is the interpretations of how these players might fall as cricketers. But uh, I like your reasoning. I think you've got a strong opening pair. My opening pair have, have gone a little different. Okay. I have gone... Probably similar in the stature. I've mm-hmm. gone with one brawny, like don't fuck with me, opener. I'm going to, you know, puff my chest out. I'm going to stand up to you. I might, I might come down the wicket at you if I need to. I've also gone experience and youth, mm-hmm. uh, much like the Australians try to do or were trying to do with David Warner prior to the injury and now looks like potentially um, two youthful characters. But I've, I've backed in a, an unpro- well, relatively unproven. He's probably... Um, had flashes of brilliance and maybe piled on some runs at shield level. So I'll, st- I'll start you off with my experienced, mm-hmm. brash, brawny, older head. Mm-hmm. And this is probably a little bit of recency bias. Also probably the only player in the team with proven cricketing ability. Uh, Aaron Pike is actually leading off the, uh, the 11. <laughs> I knew uh, that's our, where you were going. <laughs> our guest just last week, actually, Aaron Pike. Um <laughs> Most recently received a call to potentially play second grade down at uh, Valley's Cricket Club here in Brisbane at Yoko Road, Nashgrove. Uh, state, former state-level cricketer, a genuine decision between his golf and his cricket and went with golf. Probably has earned a little bit more money than he would otherwise, but yes. Pikey sits atop uh, at one and he will face the first pill. Uh, I'm really excited about his partner though, Drudes, and not to take anything away from Pikey, but I think this could be a 10 to 12-year player for the national team uh, and really was faced with a choice to get back in the youth, give him a shot, give him an extended run at the international level, let him prove himself, albeit he's put some runs on the board already. But what I like to see in my opener more than anything else is technique. You want to mm. build your team around a rock-solid guy at the top who has the potential to bat from the first ball to the last of the day. In that vein, Colin Morikawa yes. is, at the other, is at the other end of my opening partnership. I love that. Yep, I really like that. Very, very good. Uh, no quick singles wouldn't wouldn't suggest. I mean, look, no disrespect no. to Pikey, but I don't think he's just dropping one uh, short at his feet and calling uh, calling Colin Morikawa through for one. Not at all. No. Not at and, all. That's okay. Yeah, Pikey hit plenty of boundaries. Yeah, exactly right. I like that. That's two very similar opening uh, opening mm. pairs. We've gone we've gone quite similar, so maybe we're not that uh, that indifferent after all. Middle order Druids, three, four, five. Who you got? All right, three, four, five. All right, number three. I mean, so you just get one wicket uh, and then uh, number three, arguably where your best batsman comes out mm. uh, to, to play. Uh, and I've gone for a guy who I think is the most talented golfer on the PGA Tour or is still the most talented, uh, possesses every shot in the bag. Uh, I've gone for Tiger at three because I just mm. I love the fact that, uh, I mean, look, he's not going to be the most consistent bloke around, but... Shit, he's definitely the best player that's still out there. Then you you get two poles and you think, geez, we're getting into them here, boys. That middle order, you know, everyone's starting to chirp up a little bit and out strides to the middle a, a bloke that uh, is just in phenomenal form. And Dustin Johnson comes out to just probably you know make it uh, two for four hundred and sixty five. Uh, at lunch, <laughs> um, and then you get you, you manage to somehow break break the pairing. I'm not sure who's out at this point, but then Justin Thomas 
comes out to the field at number five. Mm. Uh, very powerful stroke player, very, very pretty swing. Uh, I, I think I've written a note here that Justin Thomas would love fielding. I think he would be the type of person yeah, who would he, like fielding. He'd field in the covers and he'd have really good chat. I think we've seen that on the on the mic'd up stuff that he'd have very, very good chat. And I like uh, I like that about JT. Um, am I throwing six in here as well? Uh, or are we doing that lower middle order? I'm going to go lower middle order because okay. I'm not sure about you, but I've actually picked an all-rounder at six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've gone very differently. Okay. Uh, so well, that's good. Let's, let's, let's do six on his own then. So three Tiger Woods, four Dustin Johnson, five Justin Thomas. So uh, there's some interesting things in there. There's one crossover yep. uh, and there's two names that I agonized over. Yes. Uh, but didn't end up picking. Okay. So uh, in my eyes, you got two options at three. I agree wholeheartedly with your assessment that three is probably your best. It will probably is your best batsman. That's commonly known when you're selecting your side. Uh, whilst we talk about building your your openers around a guy that can bat all day, three is the guy that needs to bat all day when it's one for two. Mm. So three, I think you can either go just like a high energy like Manus Labuschagne, just one hundred and ten percent doesn't stop. Like just an energizer bunny, mm-hmm. or you go the opposite end. Not to say that it's not energy, but it's calm. Okay, it's concentrated energy. Think, think Ponting, two thousand and five Ashes comes out, balls hooping, gets smacked underneath the grill, cuts under the eye from Harmison, goes on to make big runs. It's the ability to stay level headed in the most, uh, you know, swirling of environments, aggressive environments, worlds against you environments and still produce your best cricket under okay. adverse circumstances because that's your temperament. You've got the game anyway, but you do it while all others around you are falling. Okay. I think we've had one of, probably since Tiger, the best example of that we've seen in the game probably in the last 10 or 15 years, and that's Dustin Johnson. So okay. Dustin Johnson for mine comes in at three, not only for his ability, which is unquestionable, but for his calm, more yes. importantly. Yep, I like it. Very well, good, and you think you, you, you break through for that first wicket, and then you see him come out. That's Jesus. right. That's right. Um, four is interesting for me. So I've put the C, the little C next to this man's name. He's the captain of the team. Uh, he'll be taking the toss. Uh, he's got some questions around his game, Drew, at the moment. There's no doubt about that. He's probably late-stage Mark Taylor. Okay. He's, I can't buy a run at the moment, but A, the boys look to me, and B, I've probably captured enough of the imagination of the nation. I've done it enough times. I've gone to the well and I've brought it back. Mm. I've scored my 330-odd in, in, you know, 58 degrees in Pakistan. People have still got hazy memories of that, Drew. It feels like 10 years ago, but shit, remember that time Mark Taylor did that? Mm. Rory McIlroy yeah, four for me. Nice. Uh, and he's my skipper. A, because uh, I feel... You know, we talk about that run that he went on prior to the breaking COVID, um, albeit didn't, didn't, you know, lock in for a win. But that run of consecutive top fives where it barely seemed like he was trying, barely seemed like he got out of fourth gear, proved to me that he's still potentially the best golfer that there is at the moment on his best day. Um, but B, I think uh, you could say, I think it would be lazy to say it's Tiger. I think of any other player on the tour, he is a leader off the course. Yes, he's the person that people often turn to, whether it's reporters go to with a question on big issues. Other players look to see what Rory said. Rory takes a lead position on a lot of things, and I think players look to him to lead issues. So he's a guy that people look to, which irrespective of form is important in your skipper. 
I completely agree. Rory does feature in my team. So uh, we'll, Excellent. we'll uh, get to that a little later. Number five, please. I agonised over this. This is really difficult because there's so many different directions you can go with with your five. Do you need stability like you went with? Do you need someone who, if we're three down for like all, can come out and, and put a score on? Do you need someone a bit more flashy? Maybe someone when you're, you know, three for 350, you can go out and score a quick 500. Ultimately, I went with consistency because I think I built that through Johnson and McElroy at three and four and I wanted to reinforce that at five. This is a guy who... Um, this is probably your late stage, maybe Simon Cadditch. He's at the back end of his career, but he, geez, the service has been good, Drudes. And you always know what you're going to get. It's a game, not anything flashy. He knows what he's good at. He doesn't chase that ball outside cover. He ducks underneath the short ball because he's a shit at the pull shot. He stays in the V, Drudes. And that is Lloyd Wickes, Theodorus, Lewis, Oosthuizen. <laughs> That's very good. I like that. I'm very much like that. I'm just writing all of these down so we can recap at the end. I like that. Johnson at three, McElroy captaining at four, uh, Oosthuizen at five. Yes, I do. I like that. That's a very good middle order. That's a solid middle order, isn't it? Mm. What do we want to do? Six and seven? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I, th- I think we go that together because I think we both got our keepers at seven. Yes, we do. Uh, let's go six and seven. You first. All right. Now, six, I've gone someone very different. Uh, now this guy could genuinely well be out, well be the captain. I think he is the boy's boy. Um, he is the the bar's number one supporter out and out. Um, loves the boys. Genuine slogger with the bat in at six. You've just you know this is probably more of a one day team. If anything, you've popped uh, you've popped him there. If if things were going south in a two day team, you'd certainly just drop him down the order, maybe even to eight or nine. Uh, but uh, the man that I've popped at number six just to come in and really make some runs after Thomas and Johnson and Woods have, have piled on about four or 500 in the first 40 overs, uh, that's Shane Lowry I've gone for at six. I think he would just come out and annihilate teams if given the opportunity. Oh, that's very good. That's so, very, very good. He's got a bit of warning about him, Larry, I think. He does. He's got a lot of shame worn about him. So uh, I, I like him at six. Now, at seven, my wicket keeper. Um, yes. <laughs> this, is, this is my note here that this is purely for the reason that he's the only player that I can think of that wears long sleeves uh, or that the things <laughs> underneath his. Uh, the, the skins underneath, and that's Dylan Fratelli. Yeah, I like that. Uh, he's got the uh, – he's. Uh, I said he's also got an up-and-down game, so a little bit of a nothing player. I mean, Bob's up every now and then with some good performances, but wears long sleeves, so wicket keeper. He's got the sun sleeves, and he'd obviously wear the clear Oakleys. Yeah. Field too, which I think would be elite on the yeah. cricket field. Oh, he'd get sledged he- heavily sledged, mm. but, but mm. you know, that's okay. I wanted an all-rounder in my team, Droots. Yeah. That was, a, that was a non-negotiable for me. I needed someone who could give me a few extra overs, probably a batting all-rounder, to be fair, because um, I, I wanted the, the extra runs, and I'm really, really quite confident with my bowlers, but just wanted a few extra overs and someone who could, could potentially go out and, and score 100 if need be at, at six. And this was difficult because, shit, there's so many different types of all-rounders, right? Like, do you want someone, say, like a, in the mould of a Ben Stokes or an Andrew Simons? They're big, they're brash, they're strong personalities, super strong players, move the ball with hand, can belt the absolute piss out of the ball. Is that like a Brooks Kepka? 
who I who I considered in this position. Mm-hmm. Do you want someone who's a bit more down the line, a bit more of a Shane Watson, very technically astute? He's only bowling at about one twenty one twenty five, but he's moving the ball, hooping the ball at stages, and looks bloody good doing it. That was probably like a Justin Thomas in my mind. Has the ability to do both disciplines quite well. Ultimately, Drudes, mm-hmm. given the strength of my middle order, I went with a Maxwell. I okay. want an absolute X factor, a person who's going to go out there and hit in a test match their third ball as a reverse sweep for four, Excellent. a person who you've got no idea what's going to happen. It's either going to be diamonds or dirt, but when it's diamonds, shit, it's exciting. And probably a person who can play across all three disciplines, T20s, one-day internationals, and test cricket. Okay. That's Matthew Wolf. Yeah, okay, that's where I thought you were going. Yeah, mm. I like it. I really like Matthew Wolf there at six. Also in my team. Oh, interesting. I like this. Okay. Um, my keeper, all yeah. I wanted, li- literally, if I could give you a demonstration about what I want out of my keeper, it would be a video that appeared last summer on Cricket Australia's social channels. I think it was about a two and a half minute video which compared um, the respective talk picked up by the stump mic of right, Tim yes. Payne and Richard Pant. Yes. This Elite is- content. Yeah, so Tim Payne asking Rishabh if he'd come down for a stint at the Hurricanes and babysit for his wife so they go to the movies. Um, Rishabh between the, come on, Ash, come on, Ash, just the, just the accidental captain here, Ash, come on, Ash. I love it. I, oh, it's, all, it's all I want from my, my keeper. To be fair, you could miss a couple of stumpings. As long as your chat is elite, that's all I want. Okay. Also, to get just some Australian representation in this team. I needed him here, but I think he would be an outstanding wicketkeeper. It's Cameron Smith. Okay, nice. I think he would chirp. Probably somewhere in between, come on, Ash, and do you want to babysit for me and my wife? <laughs> Probably not either of those extremes, but I reckon Smithy would be fantastic with the gloves on. I do like that. That's a good call. That's a good call. I've got. I've only got one, one Aussie in my team. So, actually, no, I've got two. Tell a lie. Okay. Tell a lie. Into the bars. Uh, what are we, are we going, eight through to 11? Yes. Okay. Let's go through 11. All right. Number eight uh, is, is a guy who has played, he's played a lot of A-grade cricket uh, for the club. He's been, um, been around a long, long time and now he's just wanting to play with his son down the grades a little. Uh, his game's kind of just gone missing of late, uh, but still really living, basking in, the, in, the, in his former glory. Uh, currently batting at eight, uh, not really getting a bowl either. Uh, is Roy McElroy. Uh, yep. He'll need to find his game before he's given the ball again. Um, but uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be at eight at the moment and can provide a little bit of solidarity down at eight if if required. Uh, but not not getting the ball just at the moment needs to uh, needs to to find that in the nets first. So that's good. I like that. Rory at eight. Uh, number nine. The first Aussie comes in. Uh, the perfect. Just he's an opening bowler. Uh, he's he's the young buck up the club. Always one to go back for a couple of beers. Then he'll have four or five cruises and go out on the town afterwards. Uh, very, very stylishly dressed man. Uh, does go missing with the bat in hand at times, but has the perfect technique for an opening bowler, and that's Adam Scott. Um, yes, good. Jeezy. And he's, he's you know, he's the, the best-looking bloke up the club, um, well-dressed, all the rest of it, always in his Hugo Boss stuff, uh, which is... Which is very nice of Adam. Uh, so he's in at nine. <laughs> Love a cruiser too, Scotty. I reckon, I reckon he would. Yeah, he'd, he'd be guava. He'd be a guava man. I reckon he would be a guava man, Scotty. <laughs> he definitely would. Uh, at number ten, um, now he's our first spinner. 
that's come in. Um, he he's down at number ten. Uh, he's he's capable of moving up if if required. I mean, he could even jump up to to number seven ahead of Fratelli there to send out the two big guns for uh, a batting masterclass with Shane Lowry. But uh, that's Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, he's mm. obviously a spinner. Uh, doesn't can't can't run in coming off the long run. Uh, he'll bowl spin. He can wear his stupid fucking hat uh, at the same time and and bowl with that on as well if he likes. But uh, can hit a ball if required down there. Um, has one area that's out at cow corner and, and that's it. Nothing through the offside. Mm. Number eleven uh, is a man that you also had, and that's Matthew Wolf. Uh, very unorthodox game, unorthodox technique. He'd be the sort of um, medium pace bowler who'd bowl off the wrong foot, and as a batsman, you'd stand at the other end going, "What the fuck is going on here?" Uh, and he will bob up with the bat every now and then and uh, just wag the tail if it, if it needs to be wagged. Uh, so that's my 8 through to 11 of McElroy, Scott, DeChambeau and Wolf. Okay. This is good. There's a bit of variety here. So my Excellent. 8 through 11, um, mm-hmm. my, my 8, who uh, has also featured in your team, makes his first appearance in mine. What I wanted here was probably a combination of a few things. I didn't want my batting to drop away. So I, I thought... I want a Pat Cummins type. Obviously, bowls phenomenally well, but he can hold the bat if he needs to. Because God forbid we find ourselves on a dusty pitch in India or a green pitch in New Zealand or something that's reversing in England. I just need depth in my batting. I'm terrified that we're just going to get skittled for nothing. So he needed to be able to bat, but ultimately he's got to get it done with the ball. And this for mine, this was, I just wanted a firebrand. Drew, it's probably something like a... um, probably Dale Stain's anger with kind of like Merv Hughes's body. To be fair, Merv's pretty angry. So probably just the, he's a big boy, he's a unit, but he's just, he's just all fire and all passion. And so John Rahm is taking the opening ball for mine. Um, you probably only get five overs out of John in his first spell, to be fair, particularly if we're playing over in Perth and it's hot. Uh, yes. He probably have to go for a bit of a break, but it'll be five of the best. I reckon that he would be the type of opening bowler too, that had only come in just off the edge of the apron uh, yep. playing on Astro, but he would send them down quickly. Mm. Big, mm. big boy, he'd just rock back and just really just short backswing and all shoulder. Probably similar length run up to like a Jasper Boomer. Yeah. Just Without short, all the starter steps. <laughs> yeah. He's just, John. John's all about efficiency in the run up. He's getting in, he's getting it done, but he's coming in. He's got that big... The big ass too. That's that's what makes a good fast bowler is the big glutes. And John's got them. So John's taking the new ball. I like it. At the other end, I needed the polar opposite. I needed someone a lot calmer. He's not the headline act, Drudes. He doesn't probably have as much pace. John's probably clicking around 145, 150. This is probably back around 140, late 130s. And... What I need here is someone to hold down an end while John takes the wickets. This person is six on the top of off, gives you nothing. He's just captain consistency there and thereabouts without necessarily taking the wickets. Tony Finau. Yeah, okay, I like that. He's coming in off the other end. I think his height helps. I mean, if you translate off his golf, since the beginning of the 2016-17 season, Drude's 32 top tens uh, without a win. So... Doesn't take the wickets, holds down an end, Drew. He's always there. He's, he's your Glenn McGraw without the wickets, essentially. It's so a top of off, six balls in a row. I'll do that for six overs in a row. That's my spell. John will take four for 10. 
I like that. I like that. That's a very good, uh, very good combination. I reckon, I reckon they get on well too. Mm, so I do think I. That's important. So do I. That's kind of like, uh, kind of like McGrath Gillespie, yeah. Cummins Stark type areas. Probably actually no. Probably more Cummins Hazelwood. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Cummins Hazelwood. Um, my spinner. And I really like my spinner. Um, mm. Probably the polar opposite to you. It's not. He's not a spinner because he needs to be because he can't run in. Um, and he's probably got a little bit. Well, he's got oodles more personality than your spinner. Um, he's cheeky, and I think you need that in your spinner. He's probably an off spinner. I don't think he's a leggy, um, but he is. He's probably not quite Colin Miller weird, but he's okay. a bit weird. Okay, he's that guy that everyone grabs. Jason Crazier. Yeah, probably a little bit of Crazier. Um, definitely not Xavier Doherty. God. Um, I also think he probably. Leads the underneath the Southern Cross I stand, a sprig of waddle in my hand, a native in my native land, Australia, you fucking beauty. Um, Tommy Fleetwood is my spinner. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. I guarantee you he'd be the last one out of the change room after a win. Guarantee you would. Tommy Fleetwood would be. Um, and then number 11, Drews, I think, I think this is going to knock you out of your chair. Okay. I wasn't really sure what I was looking for here. I asked myself, I looked at my composition and my team, what's my gap? And I thought back to, in the past, what has consistently been, from a bowling perspective, the thing that's undone Australian batsmen? And therefore, what do we want to take with us on the world stage to do the same to opposing batting lineups? And it's always been the moving ball. I mean, cast your mind back. Simon Jones, 2005, Ashes in England, moved the ball both ways, skittled us, absolutely cooked us. Andrew Flintoff did the same, got the ball reversing. The voodoo swing, we had no chance. Only a couple of years ago in the UAE, the most dead pitches anywhere in the world have been baking for six months before we get there. Muhammad Abbas was hooping the ball for Pakistan. Mm. We cannot face the swinging ball, Drews. It is our Achilles. And I think if we have a, a player who can hoop the ball, not, I'm not talking about swing the ball, I'm not talking about incremental movement, I'm talking about like around the corner movement. I reckon I know who you've picked here. Not only are we going to do well on the international stage, it's going to make our batters better. Get them with the jukes in hand. Put the kookaburras away. Get them using the jukes and the nets. He's probably at the back end of his career, to be fair, and he's also going to offer about as much at number 11 as the old New Zealand bowler Chris Martin did with the bat. So he's not in there for bat. He's also not a lot of pace. He's probably doing this at 125, 130 max. That's all we need. Bubba Watson Yeah, is my number 11. (laughs) Like that. It also probably brings a little bit of the, I mean, you want to talk about Tommy Fleetwood being a bit weird? Wow. Bubba takes that off. I don't know how many boys be going out for coffee with Bubba in the morning or, you know, he, Bubba probably sits alone or probably with the chaplain at lunch, I'd suggest, um, having lunch. But I think Bubba's got a lot to offer this team, a lot to offer this team, and is a genuine threat with the ball in hand, considering how much he moves the ball. I do like that. That's a good, that's a good call. I'm a fan of that one. At 12th, right. man? Yes. You, please. All right. I have gone with uh, just purely for the fact that he just get around the boys, um, has his own line of beer. Uh, that's it. That's the two reasons. It's Mark Leishman. Um, if required, he'd, he would absolutely come in and, and fill a spot, uh, no doubt. Uh, obviously, a spinner as well, um, or, or maybe even some little just sort of gentle, medium, upright seamers to get the ball swinging around. Um, so Mark Leishman takes number 12. Where do you where do you see him? Is he twelfth uh, as bowler, twelfth as batsman? Where's he cover? 
I think I, I think he can. Uh, he's probably a batsman. I'd suggest a, a little bit yeah. bigger, bigger hitting sort of, bigger hitting sort of guy. You definitely sort of he'd be in that lower middle order place. Uh, but if needed, you'd be able to toss him the ball and um, just give him a couple of overs, maybe just to relieve uh, a couple of the bowlers if if required. I wouldn't quite class him as an all rounder, but certainly a uh, a, a batting um, a batting replacement. Yes. Okay, so that leaves me with my 12th. Now, there's two options here. Not two options in terms of there was only two people, but two types of 12th men I think you can choose. There's the guy that um, it's just a rotating, it's a, it's a rotating door. It's just, just the guy that misses out. Or there's kind of like, and this happened a lot in the Australian team, kind of like the mid-2000s. There was a couple of guys who went on a run. They were like the 12th man for like 15 tests in a row. And almost became their mantle. Dreads the almost guy, the guy that probably, if he played those fifteen tests, he might have taken forty wickets. He might have scored, you know, fifteen hundred, two thousand runs. But there was just a shitload of good players ahead of him, and he couldn't quite crack in. He was always there and thereabouts, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Xander Shawfly is my twelfth man. Nice. Yep. Because I still feel like he's carrying the drinks in many respects. I still yes. feel strongly like he's carrying the drinks in many respects. So that's that's my twelfth. So now you've got another four or something, don't you? I do. Oh, Look, I got a little carried away. I thought I would pick uh, just some cover. Uh, I think you know it's a long summer, particularly down here. Um, you know, lots of uh, lots of susceptibility in the heat. Um, you know, bowlers shit. They get lame all the time. Who knows what happens across um, four or five tests? So I picked myself a little bit of cover. Um, I've got two. Reserve bowlers. My reserve paceman, uh, this is uh, height, this is build. This is also the power and the force generated in the swing, which I think um, translates to um, force on the ball. Uh, Scotty Scheffler yep. is my, uh, my, my reserve paceman. I don't think he moves the ball as much as Bubba, and he might not be as quick as John Rump, but he sits quite comfortably. He's probably a, probably a right, arm, right arm over the wicket maybe moves the ball away rather than in at around 140. Very serviceable, Scotty Sheffield. He'll take some wickets if he gets an opportunity. Uh, my reserve spinner, Sung Jaim. <laughs> and he's my leggy, uh, to be honest. I think um, he, I mean, shit, he can get the ball to sing if he needs to. Uh, a little bit of a, a purveyor of the dark arts. Uh, I think he's got a little bit of mystery about him, Sung Jay. Um, and I also think on the right uh, course or pitch for that matter, do a lot of damage, a lot of damage with the ball. So Sungjae's more a reserve spinner. Um, you always need a reserve keeper. Uh, you know, broken fingers are a dime a dozen with keepers. Um, Smithy, as much as I love him, probably susceptible to a bit of injury. So I went a bit left of field here. I needed someone, I, I needed a like for like. I didn't want my replacement to go completely mute, Druids. I needed him to have a bit of passion, a bit of energy, but he's a little bit different. He's probably a bit more flamboyant. Smithy's dry. This guy's, uh, he's a bit creative. He's the guy that will go to different places behind the stumps that maybe Smithy doesn't. Uh, that's Abraham answer. Yes. Yep. I think Abe be a sensational keeper. He's diminutive too. Like only a small fella. And they're the best, your Richard pants of the world. Just just real chirpy, like a little Jack Russell uh, behind. Uh, so Abe's me, Abe's me, uh, me backup keeper. And then I went with a backup batsman. And geez, there were some options here. Um, I looked at a number of people uh, before finally 
settling on on the man that I wanted. And ultimately, I picked on form uh, because I think you need to reward form. This guy, particularly this year, geez, he's polled on the runs of Shield level Druids, probably without being um, without being rewarded. Particularly, certainly missed out on an automatic qualification at the Masters, which seems ludicrous given some of the players went before him. That's Daniel Berger. Okay, he's got he's got that really shallow backswing Druids. Yes, um, I like it. You know, doesn't, doesn't, and that's what they teach you in the juniors. Don't take the bat all the way back. Don't take the back any further than you need to. That's Daniel Berger. He's more of a puncher, beautiful timer of the ball, uh, finds the gaps in the field. A little unorthodox, but that's what we like about Daniel. He offers something different to that, that really staunch, traditional Johnson McElroy, Oosthuizen uh, middle order. So that's where he would slot in. Well, I had a few that I just had on the side of, of unlucky not to make it. So perhaps they can make up my squad. Please. So uh, I've only had about four or five, so I'll give you four so that we're, we're even. Uh, I had Louis Oosthuizen as a bowler. I just think he'd be just oh. a, little, a little short, sort of um, uh, a quick bowler would come in. Uh, I, I feel like he'd come in for the longest run, uh, a little bit of short man syndrome about him and really just uh, try and terrorise uh, the batsman down the other end. Uh, I had Abraham Answer as a batsman as well. I just think uh, almost a, a, a straight swap. Um, for Xander Shawfly at the top of the order, if required, uh, can play that role with John Rahm. Um, and just simply for the reason that he is the Marnus Labashane to the mm. Steve Smith, uh, I've included Patrick Cantlay because uh, him and um, Xander Shawfly need to be together um, mm. so that they can they can keep their little love affair going. And uh, a backup keeper that I had in my group was uh, a man by the name of Sergio Garcia because, boy, he's fiery. Uh, and he he would be the sort of bloke who would he wouldn't so much um, chirp players as so much as sledge and insult them, and I think that sometimes yeah. that can be that that can be an important part of the game too. It's a good little squad you've put together there. Yeah, I think they're both very good little squads. Yes, it's been good fun. That I, I, I genuinely that. enjoyed that. <laughs> I hope our listeners have. <laughs> Oh, I mean, shit, surely good for a laugh. It's not that long. Well, it's about, it's about a 30, 35-minute episode there. So. Like and I think it's just a good little bit of fun heading into the summer. We will look to do, we've been speaking about it as well, look to do another one of these ahead of the winter and yeah. do our uh, first 18. So, uh, cric- uh, sorry, golfers. I almost said cricketers as footy players. Jesus, what podcast are we doing? Um, golfers as AFL footballers. Yes. Um, which also is a little bit of fun. But, uh, yes, we hope you've enjoyed that. I'm not sure how either of those teams would go against either India or Australia. Um, Woefully. Yeah, probably woefully. I'd just like to see them maybe play each other first and foremost and see how we go. Would be exciting. Do you bat or bowl first, Ruth? Oh, bat, mate. Always bat. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, If it's been running, um, think about it, then bat first. Yeah, always, always bat. Good man, Ruth. that been a pleasure as always. Uh, We will be... We'll be back next week uh, with our final one of the year, a traditional look back at the year, uh, the incredible year that was 2020. Plenty to cover as we look back, uh, and that'll be it as we head into the Christmas break. Uh, pleasure as always, my friend. I'll catch you next week.